Hello and welcome to this exciting episode of uh, Pop Salsa. There you go. I was gonna say hot takes. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I am your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good friend Ernesto. Hello. Uh, there's been a lot of news going on. A lot of mover, moving, movers and shakers. No, what's yeah, that? What's that expression? <laughs> what's that expression? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so last week we talked. We um, uh, Microsoft. Just started buying up all the companies. Uh, they bought Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Which the was it FTC, right? Yeah. It's yeah. gonna look into because it's kind of sounding a little shady. Yeah, they, they dropped like what sixty nine billion billion to buy. I guess everything. Yeah. Yeah, and then Sony bought Bungie for just what seven? Six point three. Six point three on those lines. Yeah, which is which was Sony's move is and. Uh, rather than it being like a flashy, you know, move on like uh, Microsoft with, with their acquisition of, of Activision Blizzard, yeah, I feel like Sony's move is more of a tactical. Move. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it's something that they did in the past already. It's yeah. like, like these acquisitions, yeah, acquisitions yeah. don't happen overnight. Yeah, right? it's something that has to be drafted over maybe a year or so. But it's it seems like Sony is slowly getting to that point where Microsoft can just drop big money and just. Yeah, everything that looks like flashy, yeah. Microsoft is like, yeah, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> but something that's more practical or something that will pay off on the long long run, yeah. feels like that's what Sony's, that's their game. Mm. Like, rather than, like, this big, giant chessboard or Monopoly, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> Microsoft is buying up all the expensive pieces, but Sony's buying up all the useful ones. Yeah, see, I didn't think about it until I well, I sat down and thought about it. Yeah, but when it comes, when I, I could act- just imagine Ernie, hmm. <laughs> just looking at her, yeah, just contemplating, like in his ward, in his manner that he has, <laughs> staring at the window, brooding. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, most most of the properties from Activision Blizzard and uh, to some part Bethesda, mm-hmm. they're all part of like a franchise. Very much. Yeah, so, they yes. so they feel like I want it's not the comparison in terms of quality, but they feel like the Marvel esque. Mm-hmm. Right. There's there's so much stuff going on and a lot of it is mostly for like the money towards it. They're the cash cows. Yeah. So like Warzone is probably the biggest one. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, to, unfortunately. Yeah. Because that whole generation that grew up on uh what's that one game? Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah, that they it went from it took the first person shooter essentially, which was five v five. Uh, into like this whole uh, battlefield, no, not battlefield, battle royale. Yeah, yeah, and like a hundred, hundred now, and it's it's and it's still making money, a lot more money than enough for Epic to stop making games and yeah. just fuel it. Yeah, I play God of uh, not God of War. Well, I do play God of War, but uh, Call of Duty Mobile, mm-hmm. and it's always giving me like uh, objectives and stuff like that because that's where where the gaming, the online gaming, has progressed to, where you have to achieve progress. Uh, these achievements finish the complete these achievements and then they give you like weapons or different skins and stuff like that which honestly i could give a fuck yeah <laughs> but it does give you help you rank up yeah and a lot of the 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 the, the challenges it gives you were for battle royale but i just don't do because fuck that really yeah so you get stuff for battle royale in a mobile game yeah is it but is there well, a battle royale well, there's a battle royale oh, version. I see. yeah okay. and i think like because it, it you could like link your accounts or something like that oh. some uh skins or some uh, cut players do uh, um what's it? well yeah progression skins. or something like that 
crossover. Or crossover. Oh, no, but like I was saying, like soldiers and stuff like that. Various characters. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's the word. <laughs> they they do. I guess like they do. They would like crossover uh-huh. to to a more of a you know handheld or, or PC. But for me, I don't care. I, right. I don't and it's not like I people would say, oh, you because you don't play because you suck. No, I've I, I've played and I've won several. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like it's something that the more time you put on it on the game, the more you feel as though that it would be a shame to not progress. Yeah. In another game or to put a little bit more money because yeah. you've you've gone so far already, so might yeah. as well go off the edge. Yeah, and I, I don't like the, the Battle Royale aspect, like the whole gameplay of it. I would much rather prefer to play a team of 5v5 or honestly a 10v10 yeah. rather than a 1 versus their... Whenever. Yeah, it's sometimes... Like, I've, I've played, like, Fortnite. I've played Fortnite. I've played uh, pretty much every BR. <laughs> yeah. The majority of the mainstream BRs, like Apex Legends and stuff like that. And it does have that quality of things will just happen, mm-hmm. right? It's something that uh, your experience will change from each game. You might just lose and get smashed, or you might even be like the top 10 or something like that. It's that feeling I feel people are connected to, where they anything can happen. You could be running, and now nowhere a tank flies through you. And then, <laughs> like, it's that, it changes through each playthrough. Having said that, it, it, to me, it loses that quality because i feel you have to buy into it and then yeah. now you already bought into it so you might as well keep playing to it since you already put money to it yeah i think like they have like every game now has like their version of a season pass yeah and for uh, call of duty i've been playing it for i think almost two years now mm-hmm. i've never bought the the, the season pass yeah like, at all like you monster <laughs> contributing to this <laughs> like i have bought um various skins and weapons and stuff like that but mm. I've never made like and they make it easy for you because like once you once you buy it and you play it you keep playing it you achieve you get the coins to be able to buy it again right but right. I just don't I'm not bothered it's so it's so shady like the first hit yeah like the first hit will get you or something <laughs> and you keep playing yeah it's yeah me either I've, I've never really bought season passes other than this last time I bought a smite season pass which is not even a BR yeah. it's more like a MOBA uh-huh. Which is like League of Legends and stuff like that, but because the whole season pass revolved around Transform. Oh my god! Yeah, so, <laughs> so you can play as wait, Optimus wait. Prime. Was it the '80s Transformers? Okay. Yeah. Right. So there's the '80s Transformers. <laughs> so Optimus Prime, Megatron, and Starscream. And That's cool. You get play, and then you advance more. There's the, you unlock the G1 versions. So they're really? like they're all like here. Square and stuff like yeah, that. Nice. Yeah. That, see, that's something that's cool because that plays to your nostalgia. Yeah, which I hate because that's exactly what most of these game passes do. Other than that, you put money into it. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, you bought the Stranger Things pass. You, nah. well, <laughs> you know, it it banks on something that you would probably buy if you're a fan of. Yeah. I mean, they got to make money somehow, right? Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I feel like the Microsoft acquisition is. Yeah. It's something that it's their cash cow. They'll probably quadruple that with microtransactions. Like, oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. But long, long-term long games. You know, you look at all the games that like Activision Blizzard, you were mentioning, uh, Call, Call of Duty, Fallout. We've seen a steady decline in the quality of those. Like throughout yeah. the years. Like there's, there's been four... Like a uh, linear uh, Fallout, and then a couple of uh, spinoffs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You take a look at Fallout One and Fallout Four. Like yeah. what quality of the game? <laughs> like how much? Like I would have, I would have loved for them to uh, do take the game engine from Fallout Four or Fallout Three, 
and redo one and two. Yeah, that would be great. That, that, would, <laughs> that would be awesome to see. But it's it sucks because that's how the industry works. Yeah. It's it's like the film industry when it terms of what these uh, these high blockbuster movies, right? Yeah, so let me just close that. There's someone else. I'm like they're doing construction. <laughs> just close that door. So like, in usually when it's a blockbuster film, there's a spike, mm-hmm. right? A spike, and then it kind of it plateaus. You can still, <laughs> still hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can. Oh. <laughs> Pretty cool. There you go. So I'm gonna <laughs> my train of thought. Sorry. I'm just thinking about about EQing it. <laughs> but yeah, the the film industry they have the spike and then you know the plateau after mm-hmm. that. But when it comes to f- games, it feels like when they release it, there's that spike, but then there's that plateau. But when you have those games as a service, it plateaus a little bit higher and it's a constant. Yeah, and then it peaks during season. Passes. For sure, there's a drop in in from the point of release of a game to like a month or two months later yeah. but it's not as steep of a drop as movies yeah like um there's a reason why movies aren't you know a year or two years in the theater anymore like like they used to be back in the 70s and 80s <laughs> one being that the the accessibility is a lot more accessible yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but you know, you play a game. I've been playing God of War for like twenty hours now. Yeah. And there's all, and this is God of War from 2018. So mm-hmm. the the newer, the newest one that before Ragnarok. And I'm only 22 percent complete because there's so much to do. Yeah. And you you play a game like uh, Fallout. Well, in the Fallout maybe it's not a good example because it's still open world. There's a lot to do. Yeah, it's like two hours. <laughs> yeah, but like um, uh, Call of Duty, mm. you finish that campaign. Five, six hours, tops. Yeah. And then you play the online for a month, two months, three months, you know, six months even, and then you get stale. Yeah. And then you wait for the next game. Yeah. So I feel like with Disney's acquisition of Bungie, they're focused more on the quality over the quantity. Oh, Sony. Sorry. I'm thinking. Acquisitions. (laughs) Yeah, acquisitions. Yeah. Uh, Sony's acquisition of Bungie. Yeah. They're thinking more of the long, long-term quality over quantity. Yeah, it's like you—you you have Call of Duty and you have Warzone, right? And yeah. that's been perf- like been dripping in the industry. <laughs> I can't yeah. find the word, but it's been—it's been proliferating the industry for you know since it came out. And then you have Destiny with Bungie, which for the most part it has, but not to the extent of it being like season passy. You know, they—they mm-hmm. they have content. Right, yeah. they add more stuff to it. They add more rays. They unlock more areas. Like I think they unlock the moon as a playable <laughs> area, right? Right, and it's not something that is. Uh, I, I think it, I think it's behind the paywall, but it's much more massive than here's more skins. Yeah, I mean there there are some paywalls like pay to not necessarily pay to play, but like like you said, paywalls that make sense, like yeah. unlocking a. a a series of new arenas that makes sense rather than unlocking new skins yeah see and that's what call of duty leans into mm-hmm. because you know hey i have this skin and you don't ha 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 you suck and i get that whole premise <laughs> of it all so when it comes to the sony acquisition i'm i'm painfully optimistic because not only is destiny is those games that feel like there's more creative juices flowing through it yeah. because you know the moon yeah. <laughs> instead of like oh cool a skin for my mp5 yeah but then you have those creative juices from halo that if you're given the chance to flex them or given the opportunity, you can have some, something like Santa Monica's God of War yeah. or Naughty Dog's Uncharted. Yeah. Right? Or even Insomniac's uh, Ratchet and Clank, yeah. which is also a legacy character from the God of War PlayStation Bang. era. 
back in the day. Yeah. Way you back. definitely play that. The new one? Yeah, the new one. Uh, Trip in the Rift. No, that's a, the new one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw it on, on there. Which, yeah. like, I, I love the Ratchet and Clank. I love Ratchet and Clank because it's just a basic, simple game. And you it's a basic, <laughs> simple game. See, I, that's what I love about the legacy stuff. If mm. you played God of War and it's vastly different than the original one. Very. Very, or even the voice actor, right? But it's something that they brought into the contemporary, modern, mm. while staying with what it, it's in yeah, essence. Yeah, it's true nature yeah. of the game. It's... I've been telling my girlfriend because uh, she's been watching me play, mm. and I've been like comparing the old school God of War games to to the new one. And I would tell her like there used to be a trophy for uh, the amount of blood you could get <laughs> covered on, on Kratos, <laughs> well, well, or like the most brutal kills you, you could possibly do. Right now, it's like what. Uh, talk to your son. Yeah, talk to your son. There's like side quests. There's favors and missions and stuff like that. There's it's a lot more open world. It's not as straight to the point as the original three. I didn't play Ascension, um, but I assume it's yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it's 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 a lot more um, open world, which I like because it gives you a lot more to do and it's it it, it finds a way to immerse you more into that 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 world mm-hmm. uh but i well, i don't like because it's just a gigantic team waste of time <laughs> <laughs> you're 20 hours and you're yeah, just like 22 percent. yeah okay you shouldn't play assassin's creed then because <laughs> that's like the new one was about 80 hours uh-huh. Eight hours, and then the newer new, then one before that one, Odyssey, which was like Greek and Spartan, you know, Greece, Athena, uh, yeah. Athens, yeah, yeah, Athens yeah. and Sparta and stuff like that. It's like uh, 160. My God. <laughs> which again, you could, I would much prefer to play an 160 hour game than a you know seven hour Call of Duty and get bored with it within a month or two. Yeah, I, I tell you, I played Vanguard. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I'd say I beat that in about six hours, six or seven hours. Straight? Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, as soon as I got it, I was like, ah, I can't wait. It's going to be all the fronts. It's going to be so cool. Anyway, it wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. Okay, so like a game, the Vanguard, the premise was it had multiple fronts you were going to play at the same time, right? Yeah. So how much would a game to develop like that be? Like, how long would it take to develop a game like that rather than, like, the Fallout 76 where it, it built it as, like, this really cool open-world multiplayer game, but then when it came out, it felt like it was too rushed. Right, right. It's It would take a while, yeah. especially something that where you want to make it more immersive and uh-huh. have it worth and weight to it. Then, yeah, it's, again, it's that economy of it. So mm-hmm. why waste time on making a game that will probably be played once or maybe twice or, or feel a game that you can, you know, get out as soon as you can, update it, gain a fan base, and then add more microtransactions, right? There's more bang for your buck. So we can play God of War, finish it, play, be, maybe play it once another year, another time where we have a feeling, but we won't go back to it. And that's that's the drop-off. See, but like, I, I, I kind of, well, yeah, there's going to be some that, that will drop off after the first or second playthrough. But a game where it's so many... Uh, different variations on how you could play it very and the different end not necessarily different endings but like different gear different, yeah. yeah different results of what you do stuff like that like in um infamous mm. where you gave you the choice depending on what right. way what, You're right, and what, you what you want to do yeah yeah see it, that's the difference when it comes to it being more of a a, a fulfilling experience yeah right? and god of war i'm, I'm pretty sure you're barely 22 but there are moments where it still surprise you yeah and it's that 
kind of game that's not as created as much in favor for the longer, more profitable long game, uh-huh. right? Because even people even wanted a, a DLC for God of War because it was so good. Yeah. But, you know, God of War stayed true and it's like, no, this is just one experience. We, we don't have to add anything more until Ragnarok comes out, but that's an entirely different game. That's the sequel to this yeah, one. Yeah. So like, but like a DLC, how would that work Yeah. for a, 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 a narrative game? It's, a narrative-driven game. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's weird because in like Fallout Three, mm-hmm. there's like areas that are locked off, and then like oh, the DLC opened it up. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's not necessarily like um, you mean like starting with a full game and then adding. DLC? Yeah, yeah, I don't think that would work. Because like the 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 what's it called the the word that they used to use down the, yeah the DLC the downloadable mm-hmm. content mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily like um, the game wasn't complete. Yeah, and then the DLC unlocked. Oh, unlocked the yeah. area, right? Yeah, which is something that I I'm like all for, but in like God of War, it's not like you get to a point where you just can't go there anymore until you get the DLC. Yeah, it God of War feels more like a it's a finished product. Yeah, first and foremost, it's a finished product, and then whatever happens, if they want to make a sequel, which they are, then we tackle down the. Yeah, that's not something like back then. I don't know, 2010 or so, where they give you a game. And it's a little bit unfinished because they locked out areas for the DLC to unlock. So you don't really get a full game yeah. from it. You get the full, you know, the A to B, or not eh, A to like D. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get, you get like F to G or whatever. Yeah. And like different different avenues for you to explore. Yeah. And then, or you could just wait till like later and then buy like a special edition. Yeah, and it has it has all of them. Yeah. See, and that that's even then when we were just starting off playing video games, being gamers, that the industry was weighing which would be more profitable. Mm-hmm. Would you have a game that's a little not finished, then you would sell DLC to make it a full game? Yeah. Or would you make a full experience and then have branch have another world that does not necessarily within the the area you work in, but it's like a different area itself. Yeah. Like the moon and destiny. Yeah. And that's not something that's locked. It's literally a place you can't go to. Uh, which would you like prefer to do? In terms of what kind of brand of game? Yeah. A fuller, more narrative experience. Is yeah. I, I'd rather... God of War eat a lot of my time, and it's the kind of game where I don't feel like, oh, I have to play it again. Like, I want to play it again. Yeah. This is, if you, you haven't played Spider-Man yet, no. but that's the kind of game where you finish it, and then there's a new game plus, and then you can play it again, but you feel like you want to play it again, yeah. right? There's not, there's no uh, incentive mm-hmm. as when it comes to game passes. You bought the game pass, you might as well do it because you already <laughs> put money into it, right? Yeah. Or, oh, I want to have unlockables that are limited because if I don't, it makes me look like a nub, right? So it's something that... <laughs> a nub. Yeah, it's something that it, it's... I would prefer a full, rich experience rather than something that is updated as it goes. Yeah, I, I would prefer... I'm right there with you, but I don't mind the alternative either. Mm. Like, give me, like, New Vegas. New Vegas is my favorite Fallout uh, follow game. Um, the storyline is, is awesome, and it's, it's pretty expansive. But I didn't get the feeling that once I finished the game, I needed to go do the um, the DLCs. Mm-hmm. To me, the DLCs were like an addition. Yeah. Like, hey, you finished this game, there's a little bit more you can do. Yeah. And essentially, that's what it was. It was like a little mini game within the game that you could you could buy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see. I, I have no issue with the expansion packs and stuff yeah. like that. But it's... it's Nowadays, it feels like it's difficult for games to have that, that like that uh, duality to it. They, mm-hmm. It feels like when you do have an expansion pack, the the game feels like 
there's a missing piece. And that's <laughs> where it's supposed to go in. Rather than it being like New Vegas where it's a whole experience. Oh, there's this area or this this point where you don't know anything about. Yeah. It, and you open it up or something. Yeah. Like see, like, I, then you it would, it, we would, this conversation would lead into like how the games are being built. Yeah. Like if the game is built to where like it's an obvious drop off or like you need to buy this DLC so you could so you could continue the story or you could finish the story and then go into the DLC. Yeah, like Vanguard. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to spoil it right now. <laughs> yeah. So Vanguard is about 8 8 hours long and essentially the first level is set within Nazi Germany or at least a uh, an operation in Germany and then you guys get captured and then the rest of the game is just flashbacks and how they were recruited. Really? Yeah. So, and so then, you're playing on the side of the Soviets? No, you're playing on the side of a squad of people from different... Like a ragtag group. Ragtag team ragtag group, right? <laughs> one's from England, one's from America, one's from Russia. Uh, one's, I think one is from Australia. Oh, the super uh, super common... <laughs> <laughs> so what pisses me off a lot, a lot about Call of Duty Madagascar, enough for me to maybe not play Call of Duty games for a while... Is uh, the ending? It's essentially points towards Warzone, uh-huh. which is the BR, and then Zombies, which is the zombie equivalent, and yeah. it points it towards that. And I hate it so much because what relevance are these other properties within the single player experience? It's just the uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's clearly a, a money grab. It's money, a, money grab. Exactly. So they you you the Call of Duty experience used to be just this this singular narrative right yeah. something that wasn't effective in the multiplayer wasn't effective in any other aspect it stood on its own yeah and it was something that was able to you know something that was creatively driven but nowadays especially when it comes to vanguard and maybe games before i didn't notice a go uh, it felt like in cold war which is the one before yeah but this one felt so much like yeah you know you beat the single player here try the multiplayer maybe you'll like vanguard uh, not vanguard warzone more mm. and and it's it's just that's, yeah, I mean, like, the storylines for Call of Duty were, you know, varied, depending on, yeah. on what what uh, um, production company it did. Because mm-hmm. it was Sledgehammer, and Treyarch, and Treyarch, and Infinity, Infinity War. War right. So, like, it, it was Infinity War was the one that did... Uh, the Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. which I think were, like, the top of the line. Yeah. And then, like, you, you had these you had these, uh, these storyline games where you're like, eh, okay, it's a little bit satisfied, but not, sometimes not really. But then you also had an aspect of, like, hey, maybe you could also play zombies. Yeah. Or maybe you could also play the the, multi, the multiplayer. It wasn't like you finish the game, now play the zombies. Yeah. Or now play the, 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 the multiplayer. Yeah, There's, they're, they're missing the incentive part. Yeah. It's one of these things where I, I want, make me, let me build an experience that makes me want to look for more content. Yeah. Rather than making a game surrounding the content. Yeah. Because God of War, I beat it, sure, but it's something that like, oh, I feel great about it. I feel full, <laughs> I feel complete, and like, if I want to play it again, yeah, I have those urges to go back and, you know, turn it on and play it again. Yeah, I mean, but also it has to take, think about like the, at the rate that these games are produced. Yeah. Like, there's a Call of Duty every year. That's why they have three companies working on them. Yeah, which apparently after the acquisition, there's going to be about 11 developers oh my now God. working on it. Yeah, so I don't know how that works. Jesus. But they're, they're like upping the corporate. They're going to start the them out every six months or something. Right, yeah. And it's it's already something that, okay, there's a single player. You can just live without it. But it just it goes into the whole Warzone season pass 
matrix so thing. It, it that feels we're like all attached to because of the, the today's the climate and in the gamers, especially the first person shooter, which it does revolve heavily around the the, the VR aspect of, of a game. So the narrative of the the Vanguard is pointing you towards that rather than that being the soul and then the the battlefield or not the battlefield but the multiplayer and the the zombies being like secondary separate yeah Um, yeah they they point towards uh, that that's unfortunate yeah and it's something that even in call of duty the one before it cold war Uh there's they continued the story of the single player in the br so for some yeah so like price is there shows not not price up uh, I think the one the ball to I forget his name well uh, Weller or something or, and if there's a character in the single player which is a big part and he shows up there and it's like this is a continuation of the single player so you could do like mini missions or yeah stuff mini like missions to break out the narrative and like I think Reznov shows up in that one because like not Reznov um, the the enemy of Reznov the one that's uh, he's like you shoot him and yeah. he gets his arm blown off yeah. yeah, he shows up. He's like, his forces are consolidating in this area, and it's the BR. But it's a BR. It's the war zone. Oh is the, so it's it, it it's something that it's so not conglomerized, but it's something that's so corporatized. Yeah, not corporatized. Not the word capitalized. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> but it's all meant to go back into the whole cash cow. The synergy. The synergy. Exactly. Yeah. that's unfortunate. You know, like yeah, you I take. I returned it as soon as I finished it. You take um. Uh, like World at War, which literally it, it took uh, Call of Duty from like this, you know, crappy, I don't say crappy, but like second rate because it was always Medal of Honor and Battlefield. Yeah. It was competing with, but then World at War came out and it kind of elevated the, the quality of the game and the quality of the story. Yeah. And then uh, Modern Warfare picked it up from there and just ran with it. Yeah. And I feel like at some point after Modern Warfare 3, the drop off just, or Modern Warfare 2 actually, the drop off just. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I forget which one it is, but it's there's two Call of Duties which make me want to throw up in my mouth, and it's uh, either Black Ops Three or uh, Advanced Warfare, Warfare or Advanced which, Warfare. Which one? Because the first the Advanced Warfare was when they did the exosuits. Yeah, that one. That one was the whole idea was with dream. Kevin Spacey. Right, it was a dream. No, I think that's Black Ops no, 3. No, that Black Ops 3 was the dream. Yeah, Black Ops yeah. 3 was the dream, and I was like, really? <laughs> and the, the other one was, uh, yeah, it was the exosuits. Yeah. And that was just a weird thing itself, too. Although the exo, the zombies with exosuits, that's yeah, that pretty was, cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> See, th- those two Call of Duty games, I was like, ah. And Infinite Warfare, I did like, yeah. <laughs> just because it's like a science fiction riff on it. But it felt like its own thing. Yeah, well, that's like I didn't play uh, Infinite Warfare, but a lot of the the reviews and people, the firsthand experience that people have had talking about it, like the multiplayer was shit. Yeah, <laughs> but the story, like it was actually pretty well. Yeah, but it the multiplayer was so bad that it kind of dis- distract or subtracted from the the on the single the single player. Yeah, and then so nowadays, at least Activision, they want to just they like the multiplayer just because it's more avenues to get money from it. Yeah, that's that's very unfortunate. Yeah. That they're focusing more on the money rather than the quality. Yeah. But can you hate them, though? You can. You can. That's As a true. fan, you can. That's true. But it, it's... That's the money, right? I mean, yeah. It's, every, like, the whole the whole aspect of this is to make as much money as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, I feel like the games I like cater more towards the side of, like, Santa Monica Studios. Mm. Where they focus on, you know, every four years or so coming out with a new game. 
but that's really good. Yeah. The storyline, the narrative is awesome. The, the game gameplay is really good. The dynamics of the game, the, it looks beautiful. It's so much more than just a single like a single story. Yeah. It's, the aspect is way the, the game is way more immersive rather than hey let's give you like the shitty little six hour storyline and let's focus on making <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah and the acquisition with Bungie I'm I'm painfully optimistic because it's something that it's Bungie they mm-hmm. made Halo and Halo on its been own a, what kind of a fucking bother move would that have been <laughs> if Bungie was still producing Halo <laughs> yeah if they took if they took Halo with them right yeah yeah it's so ironic because it's like Bungie I like call it the Sony was trying to kill you with War not Warzone that Killzone. Yeah. Right? It's like we're just the Halo killer. Oh, we just bought the company that has Halo in it. Which which kind of like one of the things that Sony was talking about after the acquisition of Bungie was saying that they want to help uh transition some of these properties into film. Mm-hmm. Which like yeah, uh, Microsoft has the the technological aspect like upper hand because they do focus they have focused on more uh, the the like PCs and stuff like that for a, a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And uh but Sony their repertoire of of uh, junk that they sell you <laughs> is a lot more than just video games. You know, they make movies. They yeah. have uh, hardware, you know, TVs and speakers and audio equipment, professional right. grade audio equipment, cameras, yeah. like a whole bunch more. Where what they they can actually just essentially live within itself. Yeah, yeah. There's so many ecosystems within Sony, and, and they're they're the old. They're one of the oldest. All right, video game companies. So yeah. Like Nintendo, they're all like around there. The originals, right? Yeah, just the, Atari, the, Nintendo, Sony. Nintendo, Sony, yeah. yeah. They're the ones, the Xbox went into the industry to try to compete with Sony and Nintendo and what was going on. But yeah, it, it's something, because there's what, an Uncharted movie and then there's a Last of Us TV show. So they could very well be like a Destiny movie or TV show. Now. Yeah, they could very well be like that, but... You know whether or not it's good or not, we'll just have to wait and see. Because <laughs> like you take Des- Destiny, that's very very CGI heavy. Yeah. Like how's that gonna work? It's something. It's see, not even a movie. I feel like a TV show because there's lots yeah. of lore yeah. behind it, right? It's a lot of. It's very. It's very uh, fantasy based sci-fi stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do does Sony have their own streaming service? No. Not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. Yeah, well, I mean, like we saw the trailer for uh, Halo, which looks awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a TV show on Paramount. Yeah. So I would I would imagine that Sony should partner up with somebody, be like, hey, let's just make Destiny uh, a TV show. Yeah, yeah, I could see. See, I really didn't. They don't have one. <laughs> I thought I, I thought Sony would more people would have a streaming service, but yeah, they could bear. And I feel like they would be better with yeah distributing their stuff and having some. Well, they could produce it. Yeah, that's true. Just have a somewhat somebody somebody else distribute. Like Netflix. Netflix. That would be crazy. Amazon. Amazon. Amazon yeah. has a shit ton of money. So yeah. <laughs> why not? Uh, what'd you think of the Halo trailer? I have mixed feelings. Yeah. Yeah, well, not really mixed feelings, just observations, I suppose. And so this ex- this TV show exists on a parallel timeline for the games. Really? Right, yeah. It's I don't know, I think it's called the Silver the silver timeline. Kind of like akin to the Kelvin timeline from Star Trek. Yeah. But anyway, it's because a lot of the things on the TV show run, run counter to what's in the game. Because in the game, he's the only Spartan. Yeah. Uh, essentially, the planet that he was trained on was glass, which is destroyed. <laughs> and so, uh, and uh, like, 
and it goes from there. Yeah. <laughs> but in the TV show, which I understand they have to, you know, to just to add more weight to it. To yeah, make the, 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 the characters and the plot points a little more dynamic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there could only be so much you could do with one character. Now you have four. So it looks like a Halo expansion pack. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of characters in there. Like uh, Master Chief, obviously, he's there. Cortana, which is the voice actress, yeah, is actually the cool. one who's there as well. Uh, I did, people had issues with how she looked. I I didn't. I don't care too much. Isn't she just like a like a, a blue hologram? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I, I'm fine with that. <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. People just want to to hate on something for the sake of hating on something. And it's a different medium. Yeah. Right? The TV, and for the most part, it looks l- like Halo. <laughs> yeah. It looks. It feels like Halo. There there has been various uh, attempts of making a, a transition a video game into a movie. Mm-hmm. And most of them have failed. Yeah. And I think like with with uh, Halo, the the TV show, the suit looks really. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 yeah. literally straight. Yeah. Up. And I'm not the biggest Halo fan. Like mm-hmm. I've played Halo. I've only really played the first Halo, fucking mm-hmm. twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like to me, Halo was always like um like a, a more serious version of what's that one. The Gary Busey's kid movie, The Bugs in Space, or what's it called? Oh, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, Starship yeah. Troopers. <laughs> yeah. I always felt it was something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so I feel like this is just going to take the the foundation of what the, the Halo game series laid on and just run with it. Yeah. I'm not expecting anything new or anything like <laughs> just come out of left field and stuff like that, but I, I feel like this property is going to be just... You know, fun for the sake of being fun. Yeah. Even if it's not like fun as a if you win, ha ha fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see that. There's my. I, that's why I'm torn about it. Yeah. Because I haven't played all the Halos and and except for Halo Two, Halo Wars Two, which is the RTS. But mm-hmm. I, I played the majority of them, and and this feels a, a lot of drama in. Yeah. yeah. Even to the point where, like, oh, you can trust a super soldier. Like, you know, he's, he, like the Covenant's here. You need him. Yeah. But it feels, and even the main baddie, which looks like who's a, a human. The Humanoid. One, yeah, the human was like, like, was it laid to the Covenant or something? Uh-huh. Or give way to the Covenant. Yeah. Mostly in the games, it's just alien. But to have a human antagonist kind of feels weird. It might just be like the the form it decides to take. To be able to oh, that's true. Yeah, because <laughs> there was tentacles in that. Yeah. There was tentacles flying around. Yeah, that could definitely be it. But it, it just feels more drama-heavy than what Halo needs to be. Um, I, I guess. Be, I guess. But like, you take it like Doom, like that video game series, mm-hmm. where it is essentially like another Halo-esque game. Yeah. They made that movie with The Rock a few years ago, and... <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and say it was good, but like the drama aspect of it was like up way more than than in the video games. And do you think like adding a little extra, uh, another element onto that that the the show of drama would translate better? Will help it translate better? Uh, well, from what we've seen in the trailer, it feels like the whole plot hinges on the drama rather than it being the, the verse, the okay. result of it. Yeah. Because even when it comes to Doom, there was avenue, especially with the Space Marines, the, I don't know if there are Space Marines, <laughs> right? The, the Marines, the UNSC Marines, right? They, they were reacting to the situations around them and that's where the drama infused, yeah. right? The conflict is from that. But here it seems like the drama is the first thing 
and then there happens to be an intergalactic war with the aliens. So you you would have rather pre- preferred to see a Halo TV show where it was just shooting aliens? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather it being, first and foremost, the conflict and then the drama from that conflict. Okay. Like, you know, narrowing it down from, yeah. like, maybe, like, say, for example, there's a base being overrun, but there's civilians there. And it happens to be a certain around the war, but also the choices we make towards them. Yeah, yeah I kind of, of, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, kind of be, like Band of Brothers esque, right? The drama, what well, didn't overcome the whole that there's a conflict, there's a yeah. war going on. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's, that's a trailer. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when does the, sh- the the show come out? March next month. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And do we know if it's going to drop all at once, or is no. it just going to be? Uh, we don't know. I don't know Anything, either, yeah. but I feel like it will be the episodic. Because Netflix seems like that's the only place that does the whole bingeable. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Because even HBO Max does what? Episodic. Episodics of right? Peacemaker. Yeah. I've been watching like clips of Peacemaker. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I haven't watched yeah, I'm going to wait for it. There's a, there's a scene where um, there's this old guy giving shit to Peacemaker and about what where where his villains are. <laughs> like, And he's comparing them to Batman. He's like, Batman has a whole cavalcade of villains. And he starts naming them off. And then Peacemaker's like, yeah, you know where mine are? Six feet underground. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they had, a, they had to get a lot of flack from that. They couldn't badmouth Batman. Yeah, they did. Yeah. He's, all like, he's all like, Batman doesn't kill. He's like, yeah, well, Batman's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had to. I'm sure they had to clear it from like way up high. Yeah, they had to. Which is weird because Superman gets bad mouth, but that doesn't bat an eye. But when Batman gets bad mouth, they have to like yeah. go up the chain of command. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like they, they I remember Batman doesn't they, eat out. <laughs> so, like, that's not what heroes do. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. Um, so how optimistic are you for the Halo? Oh, very. 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 Because, again, Halo, oh, video game in general, it's hard to make into another medium. Yeah. Right? Doom. <laughs> right? Doom. Resident Evil. Uh, but it seems Silent like... Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Right? It's, it's the ink. It's a video game movie first and then the movie. Yeah. Right. Other than it has to be a movie first, and then it has to be inklings in a video game. Yeah. So this seems like it's a TV show, which is we you know with the attached drama and all that stuff, the episodicness of it. But also, it feels like it's also within the Halo universe. Like the armor looks great. I mean, the weaponry looks great. Even the Marines look like they're from the game already. So do you think that because the TV show isn't exactly like a hundred percent of copy and paste from the video games, it gives them more leeway? Yeah, and. And they had to make it another timeline as well. Yeah, yeah it's it's the silver timeline, I think. I yeah, said. yeah. It's and it's something that is so that the fans won't be offended. Like, wait a minute, there's only one Spartan, but it's another timeline. So okay, so like we've always joked about the possibility of having like a Killzone video, a Killzone movie. Yeah. So what if like it's when the movie focuses on not the the main characters from the video games, but like a different set of was it IPF? I, uh, ISA. ISA soldiers. Yeah. yeah. Like, like they land on Helgen, but there's multiple landings. Right. Focus on the other landing. Yeah, yeah. See, that's unfair. <laughs> because, because Killzone, it, it's it's exactly what I want in a game. Mm-hmm. And while like Killzone two, Killzone three, right? But uh, but Killzone is also good. It could be translated well as a TV show. Yeah. Just because you know the whole. In case you haven't played it, the second one, Rico kills like essentially the Hitler. Yeah. Right? And then it's, and then it's kickstarts it's the war. Right? Yeah. And it's, that's something that I could see in a TV show, right? You know, yeah. there have been, people have died to fight to find this guy and he just straight up kills him and then it bleeds off like a reaction to that is it moves the plot forward mm-hmm. rather than it being like the drama behind. 
so that they could then okay so follow me on this yeah <laughs> the, the the other platoon that lands on the planet yeah. could deal with the repercussions of that and not know why yeah why this is happening yeah definitely it's it's kill zone is something that again it's unfair because <laughs> it's it's very multifaceted yeah right there are very different perspectives of the war the people who want to end the war people who want revenge right it's like rico he straight up wants revenge from it all but you yeah. also have the people working in the background and, and it's even in the third game, is it the third game or the fourth game? Is there a fourth game? Not necessarily. There's a fourth aspect. Is it That's like a, a fourth game, but it's, a, it's it? like a like a spinoff. A spinoff? Because yeah. there's one where Hellgen was destroyed, but now the... The, the fourth one. The fourth one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Shadowfall. Right, Shadowfall. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, thank you. Shadowfall, the, the refugees are, are staying in an ISA planet, even yeah. though what they their people did. Like, that dynamic already feels like the tension, right? So yeah, Killzone's unfair. <laughs> I could, but Killzone is something that I would love to see as a TV show. Yeah, I mean, there are many as there are many uh, video game properties that would be fantastic if they're able to you know ad- adapt them well enough. Killzone yeah. being one of them. Yeah, Uncharted. There's a movie, so let's see how that goes. I'm yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know about that one. I'm a little optimistic about it mm-hmm. because I hope that Sony learned from other studios. Oh, did he? Yeah. But it's something that I would, I would need to see. To see. So okay, now let's let's talk about Last of Us. Mm. Do you think that could be possibly transitioned into a, a TV show, or because The Walking Dead has been around for so long, it's just gonna drum up comparisons to that? Well, it is. It's developed as a TV show right now. It's being developed. Yeah, it's being developed. Okay. As a TV, but yeah, and no, <laughs> I don't think with The Walking Dead because The Walking Dead, it it did focus on the human aspect of it all, but it kind of bogged got bogged down by it. Yeah, that's for true. the for the Last of Us. The Last of Us it shows the repercussions of that event. Mm. So, the, in case you haven't played the game, which I hope you will play the game. Yeah, it, it spans a year, okay. and it's through. Four se- the four, you know, the four seasons, right? And then, uh, essentially, the the character Joel is trying to bring Ellie, who is immune, <laughs> <laughs> who is immune to the the cordyceps virus, which essentially turns into like a zombie. Yeah. Right. So she has to trek from the antidote. The antidote. Yeah. He has to trek to Seattle the all the way to I think like Oregon or like. That's that. not that far. Yeah, but <laughs> transportation. Five hour drive. Right, Come on. Yeah. I've done that drive. <laughs> but he has to go through like like different areas that are either people with raiders who are or who are just overrun with the zombies. And it, it's that like a kind of fantasy esque journey mm-hmm. coming from that point to this point. And then as he goes, he bonds with her and gets to know her because at the beginning of it uh, of the game, uh, like the outbreak, yeah. uh, his daughter gets killed. So he kind so of he kind reluctantly of, right, but he's, he, takes up that father role. Yeah, but he doesn't like her at the beginning. I was like, I don't like you. You're right. just a job. <laughs> but at the end, you know, it's something like, oh, we've bonded enough that you're my daughter. That's interesting. Yeah, So, but Walking Dead is just like, yeah, you, you slept with my wife. I hate you or something. And then... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like Walking Dead has become a parody of itself. Right? Yeah. There's what season ten I think or something oh, plus no. then another spinoff and then another spinoff right that's Fear the Walking Dead Fear the Walking Dead and then which is Living a little bit the better. Walking Dead or something was there another one that's gonna come out I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's something that it's they've lost their focus of it all already yeah and like it it's at that point where the the TV show has gone way way beyond where the the comic book storyline ends right yeah. So at this point they're just making shit up. They're not borrowing from anything. Yeah, the comic's done. I think. Yeah. Right now, yeah. So I. Don't, 
But is Robert Kerman still a consultant on no, that? No, I think he left a right? while ago. He was like, he got like illegal issues and stuff yeah. like that with the production. Yeah, he left a while ago. Yeah. And now they're just kind of making stuff <laughs> up because what Shane, I think, is dead. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in the comic. And so is uh, Rick. I think Rick left. Yeah, Rick, the, the actor, is like, yeah. fuck this. Yeah, he just left. So it's uh, it's anyone's ballgame again. See, that's the point where you, you, you could have to consider like how far or how long is too long yeah but like, then again how long is it too long until the money stops flowing the properties and his shirts and like i could see the spinoffs yeah yeah for sure you want to do a spinoff and spin off all you want but like the the main property from with everything spun off it should come to an end at some point yeah. like the, like i love the simpsons yeah the simpsons is one of the the, the pinnacle uh, tv shows cartoon shows of my childhood <laughs> But there's a certain point to where I just won't watch them anymore. Yeah. I, they're on Disney Plus, so I only see seasons one through like 15, which, oh. is, which is the seasons that I like. Jeez. How many episodes <laughs> per season? I thought you were going to say like 30. 10. No. 30? Like 30. What the Well, hell? it's because like... That's a lot. There, there is... The, there's that saying, right, where like the 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 seasons that were out when you were a kid are the ones you you're like forever with. But for me, like I like them from the beginning to like to a certain point. Oh, I see. So it, it kind of grew up with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As an aspect, I would watch them at six and at seven thirty. Come on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a plug. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the time. I still remember the time. And now that it's just at my at at. at on demand, essentially, I could just watch them, put them on in the background, watch them, do whatever I want. Yeah. But it, once it gets to like season, I don't know, seventeen, eighteen, that's when I'm like, okay, now I gotta go back and. Yeah, I'm surprised the Simpsons is still on. It's yeah. Been a, like how long? When did it even start? It's been thirty-five seasons, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. I wasn't even born. No. <laughs> like it started in eighty. I want to say eighty-seven or eighty-eight, and it was a short. Like it was on a short on like a variety hour uh-huh. show. And then it, it was so popular, it got its own half-hour uh, slot, and it kind of saved Fox. That's crazy. How do they... Like, I could just... I couldn't imagine. Like, Futurama mm-hmm. was the same people, right? Yeah. Like, Futurama, was, and Futurama ended. Yeah. <laughs> right? They didn't have the, the pull as Simpsons has. Well, I felt like Futurama was for a smarter crowd. Yeah. You look at Futurama, and yeah, it's more sci-fi based and stuff like that, but a lot of the jokes... Are very science-based jokes and math or math-based jokes, like nerdy jokes, jokes that people would get. You yeah, know? yeah, it is stupid. There are stupid jokes, without a doubt, <laughs> but a lot of them are like. <laughs> <laughs> you came back for me. Like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Mac running, have you seen Disenchantment? No, I haven't. It's, it's on, on Netflix. Netflix. It's on oh my movie. god, dude! We gotta go through this list. <laughs> The, the the listeners are pining at what's on Ernie's <laughs> list. It's very long. Very long. It's this this giant scroll. <laughs> um, so Disenchantment, the yeah. part four uh, came out. The trailer for part four came out uh, earlier this week, mm-hmm. and it's by the same people. Macaroni. You look at it, and it's very the the cartoon style is very Simpsons, very Futurama esque. Yeah. And there there's even a lot of Easter eggs to Futurama in the show, uh, but it's just. It's like super silly and funny and <laughs> <laughs> mystical. So it's like set in like the olden days uh-huh. when, <laughs> when there's still like kings and queens and right, right. fantasy lands and, <laughs> and, and so it, it's a very fun watch. I would wholly recommend people just do it. And it, this is the fourth part. How four. many episodes? Uh, I think each season has like seven or eight. Seven episodes. or eight episodes. Yeah. I see. Half hour, I think. So it's a quick. Oh, really? It's a quick. Yeah, it's a quick watch. 
Um, so, Disenchantment. I like it. I would suggest you watch it so we can talk about it. <laughs> Whatever just... I, I get to. <laughs> so, okay. So, now I have a question. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Futurama, Futurama had issues with distribution, right? Because yeah. it, it went from, like, left Comedy Central. It was in Fox, then com- and then to Comedy, Comedy Central. Central. And then left, and then the movies, and then it came back to Comedy Central, and then left again. I think it was on Fox, and then it canceled. Uh-huh. got canceled after season five i think mm-hmm. and then the movies which were essentially well yeah they were movies it out. and then it, the movies were on comedy central and then it came back on comedy central, on comedy central. yeah because yeah, the the humor went really downhill because it became fart jokes rather than smart jokes i feel like yeah in a sense yeah but i also feel like in that era that that time where it got picked up again on comedy central the whole meme joke was exploding on the internet mm. so to me it kind of they kind of placated to that oh, like shut up and take my money right like it's right. funny but yeah, in it's, an ironic sense yeah it was like they knew what they were creating right. rather than just being like hey let's make this funny for just because it's funny oh okay so how about when it comes to disenchantment and it's on netflix do you yeah. think that's if future almost on something developed by netflix it would be a little more long-lived than it was I don't think so. Comedy Central? Well, see, it's it's hard to say because, like, the issue with... with, um, I think the issue with Futurama was that it was a a comparison to The Simpsons because Mm -hmm. of who created the show. Mm -hmm. And there was a fan... The fan base that didn't necessarily cross over. So, Disenchantment, it's its own thing. Mm -hmm. And there are fan the fan bases that do cross over because they've they've grown up with the Simpsons they've grown up with Futurama they like the the the, the style of Matt Groening Groening I've never yeah, been Matt, able to Matt pr- Groening, pronounce his yeah, last name yeah it's a Groening <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like Disenchantment being on Netflix does it the justice it deserves just because mm-hmm. it is its own thing without it drawing comparisons directly and it's to, more freedom to yeah it. oh I see yeah mm-hmm. and like uh, we don't know. Like, you know, Netflix never releases the numbers, so we don't know how many people are watching, but as long as there's more yeah, shows I mean, coming... There's a fourth one, yeah. so I might as well... It might be... Yeah, so... Good, right? yeah. yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, let's talk about... Trailers? Trailers. All right, let's talk about... <laughs> what, are you asking me here? Well, it's because, like, there's trailers, and then there's the, the scene. Oh! No, trailers, <laughs> and then the scene. Trailers, and then the yeah. scene. Uh, all right, let's talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What's his sound? What's his signature? Sound? Is it's that a chainsaw. It? That's it. Yeah. There's no like, like. There's no battle cry. There's <laughs> like the sound that they well, that's make. The, that's the theme song. Oh, just the ch- right for no, Jason. What's a J- that, That's how you know Jason's around. But how do you know Leatherface is around? You just hear the chainsaw. Yeah, you hear the chainsaw. Oh, I thought he groans at you. Like, <laughs> I swear he groans and like rants I mean, at you. Probably. I wonder where your face. Is. I don't. I don't think he's ever talked. Oh really? Yeah. Oh really? I feel I, like he did. Maybe that's just a Mandela I, I know, effect. Maybe. I know like, in the yeah. second Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the one with Matthew McConaughey, where it's more of like a comedy, <laughs> they're like, McConaughey. there's like a family. Uh-huh. They're like, they're, they're family and stuff like that. And they address him, but he doesn't like say yes or no. He just like grunts. Oh. So I'm not sure if there's actually, he's ever said, uttered any words. No catchphrase? Yeah. Like, like but, Freddy's catchphrase. What's <laughs> Freddy's catchphrase? Freddy have a catchphrase? I don't think so. Like I'm gonna rip you apart. No, <laughs> that was a uh, that was a uh, scary Terry. Oh, scary Terry. <laughs> <laughs> like B- bitch. You should say it. Come no, on. no. Come on, say no, it. No, don't pressure me. It'll be easier in your constitution. Oh, say oh it. <laughs> so anyway, 
Chance of Chance of Massacre. So I'm not sure if it's a movie or a TV show <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, you're right. I don't. I don't know. Is it a movie or is Let's it see. a TV show? That's but I, I haven't watched any of it. So I know you've seen one movie because we seen we seen it together. That's a movie. It's an hour and 23 minutes. Oh, wow. That's really short. Yeah, that is short for minutes? a movie. That's yeah. like an episode of X-Files or something. It comes out on the 18th of this month. Oh, interesting. So we've seen the trailer beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's aspects of the of this movie that is kind of buying into the, the trend of bringing back the slasher film from, from old. Yeah. But also using some of the original cast. Yeah. You know, like Scream did it. Halloween famously did it again and again. <laughs> and possibly and, and a third time again, later this yeah. year. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uses the original, one of the original survivors from the very first movie, mm-hmm. which came out in 74, I, I believe. Oh, wow. 74 or 75. Let me, let me just double check that. That's crazy. Let me double check. So like when did Scream come out? 90s, right? 98. 90s, and then Halloween... Was it 80s? You know, Halloween was 70, oh, 77, I think. Oh, okay. Because I always thought Halloween was like an 80s thing. It doesn't show on here hmm. whether or not she's in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or not. But I read an article where it's like pointing at if it's not her, but it's like the same character. Might be just played by another Yeah, character. maybe by another um, actor. Actor. Oh. She was in this sh- in this movie called Space Trucker. The fuck? Oh, that's awesome! Space <laughs> Truckers, bum bum bum, copyright. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so it, it it starts off with like this group of mil- entitled millennials are, are, <laughs> right. are going to go uh, live in a ghost town to like re up it. Like yeah, like, it just needs a young touch. I yeah, think like says. very Silicon Valley type of thing where new money comes in and they explode the property values and stuff like that, right. not knowing that there's a uh, genocide, not genocide, was psych- psychopathic murderer yeah. with the chainsaw. <laughs> the trailer looks like, to me at least, it's not necessarily going to be like a classic slasher, horror, scary movie. Mm-hmm. Rather more so than like a campy, poking fun of itself type of movie. Hmm. Can, see, okay, now this is the question I have. Is is it some? Is that the only avenue, these classic films? Because you watched Halloween, Does ha- was Halloween that little campiness in it? Did it take itself too seriously? It wasn't necessarily campiness in a sense that it was just over the top. Over the top. Like, it knows... These movies, these slasher type of movies, it's very hard to, like, rejuvenate or to reinvent. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the only way to make them work again or to, like, yeah, make them work is to know what they are and stick to that. Mm -hmm. For me, Halloween, it knew exactly what it was, stuck with it, but it also ramped it up with several notches <laughs> okay see for <laughs> you told me about the scene because i haven't watched it yeah but that scene where he says essentially has like a battle royale with all the villagers or all the townspeople <laughs> right yeah so do you think that's a little too over the top where it's just like it's hilarious like because the, there has to be a horror aspect of it right? yeah of a slasher where the gore comes after but the up to leading up to the gory parts is what you live for yeah, like the horror. But when you have those scenes where they're just getting massacred, <laughs> and, and, and then in the trailer there's like a bus full of them, yeah, and then there's trying like, to think you'll get canceled, right? That's like oh, like, that's just a beautiful line. And they're just getting massacred. Doesn't that just take the horror aspect out of it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that that aspect of that trailer kind of makes you feel like it's not necessarily going to be a horror movie. Mm. Rather than like a, a campy, make fun of itself type of movie where we know, like, 
or make fun of the genre per se, mm. not necessarily of itself, but the, the mm. genre. Um, in, in that scene in uh, Halloween Kills, where he he is in like this battle royale type of type of situation, where he just fucks everybody up, <laughs> it it's so over the top that you're like, really? Come on, really? Like it's not scary, and you're like, really? Yeah, it's like it's it's like Kingsman. Yeah, where he's in the church scene and yeah. just you know kneecapping everyone in the face. So do you think it, it lowers the movie to some extent? Because when it reaches campy levels, it just it takes a, it's another tone, another theme of its. You know, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It it see like like the reason why I like horror movies is because of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I saw the two thousand three version, and I know people are gonna be like, "That what? What's wrong with you?" <laughs> and it scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And after that, I've I've been chasing that high. I know. And there's to to some extent when I see like it's like the opening opening sequence of of the two thousand three version where it's like this black and white grainy po- police footage mm-hmm. of them walking through the the crime scene. Right. That freaks me out. And but watching this this trailer. I don't. I don't get that feeling. Mm, yeah. Like me either. I mean, yeah. usually, <laughs> usually the horror is a base thing, right? Yeah. Like the whole uh, that's the foundation, and then the narrative is built on top of it. Yeah. But yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah, and then another know. aspect of the game of that those movies were like you don't necessarily see the the bad guy, the the killer. Mm-hmm. You don't see him until like a very pivotal point of <laughs> in the trailer. And here it's like in the, the first it's ten the seconds. First, that's <laughs> Oh, when we watched it, it caught me so <laughs> off guard. <laughs> I freaked out a bit. Yeah, it, it caught me off guard. You're right. That's definitely, it's like an aliens. Yeah. Instead of, you know, seeing the chest burster, you just see the alien at the beginning <laughs> of the film. Yeah. Or Jaws, you see the shark. The <laughs> exactly. So. so it's like, it's taking what the, the genre of the slasher film is and just making fun of it. Mm-hmm. For me, at least. It might be well. It's definitely not going to be the scariest movie ever made, <laughs> but you know, somebody a newer generation might see it and be like, "Hey, this is awesome. This is my Texas Chainsaw Massacre." Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to watch it only because, uh, uh, you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> not because it's like, oh my god, this has to be like the best thing. It's going to be the best thing ever ever made. Yeah, it's so. When I saw it, it was with Netflix. With Netflix. Yes. Yeah, Netflix. Netflix. I just like this is weird. Just just because it's it's a legacy. Yeah. product right it seems like something that should be a little bit more you know theatrical release and there's something that should be pomp and circumstance like halloween or scream or maybe jason whenever they make him again or something like that but oh that's that's sad that's a sad fucking uh, prospect of another friday the 13th movie that might be on netflix <laughs> it might be on like a cap unit so do you think the slasher film has any place in cinema anymore? Like, what what fix do people get other than morbid violence, where the Saw films can fill that postal or something? Postal hostel. Hostel. Yeah, hostel. <laughs> I feel like there was. I was gonna say hostel. Like, there's a postal movie, right? <laughs> yeah, hostel. Yeah, stuff like that. I feel like body horror. I feel like because we we do live in a culture that celebrates Halloween, only if they do come out in, during that. That time, mm. then it has to play with 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 what's in the air. You know, like right now, it's fucking still. We're still in winter. Right. It's February. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> you know, we've had two horror movies released. Which, um, statistically, horror movies are released early in the year because they know that they don't do that well. Yeah. In uh, money wise, you know, <laughs> but like play to your audience. You know, come September, 
when the, the, the air starts getting a little crisper and it's colder and stuff like that, then into October, where you start seeing Halloween decorations and you get that little that little electricity in the air, release your horror movies there. Yeah. You know, play to that. Play to your audience. But See, that that's weird. Yeah. Not not because I oh, you're right, obviously, but it, it's it's like Christmas movies. Right? <laughs> yeah. you know, or Valentine's <laughs> movies. I would never have thought of Oh, you know, let's it's July. Let's let's release a Christmas movie. <laughs> let's release, right? Yeah. So it's like horror movies are are typecast in Halloween. Yeah. In Halloween time because that feels like that's at least the slasher flicks feel like that's the only moment they can actually flourish. Yeah. Like, like I remember there ha- there are dates in the year like Friday the Thirteenth. That's a it's rather spooky day that people um, you know have some suspicion to towards. Mm-hmm. But in two thousand six. The movie 666 came out on 666. <laughs> oh, no. It wasn't 666 or was The Omen? Was it, it was the Omen? the Omen. It has to be The Omen. Yeah, it was The Omen that was released on 666. Oh, June 6th. How cute. 2006. And that was, like, obviously, like, oh, we're, we got this movie. Let's wait till it's 2006 to to release it on 666. Yeah. So that was obviously, like, a... Um, marketing tool and stuff like that that they use <laughs> but for 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 the life of me i cannot understand why there aren't more horror movies released on halloween be it slasher be it uh you know haunting or whatever subgenre of the horror movie right interesting so That's a shame. yeah it's just like it doesn't give you the scares right yeah <laughs> uh, in february Come yeah on, get your shit together <laughs> even the trailer when he just popped out of the bush like hey everyone, how's it going i was like what the heck? <laughs> yeah like i feel like there could be a way to cut that trailer and make it even more scary yeah if you focus on the violence aspect of it. yeah like that scene where they um uh, even though i love that line where they're in the in the bus and they all start recording because like if you do anything you're canceled Cut that out and just focus on him rampaging through the, the yeah. bus. Yeah, I mean, the one, the creepy one is the hands for me. Yeah. Where it shows, it was, it was a lot of cuts to the, to like words like oh, Halloween, blah, blah, blah. But the hands on the, on the bus creep mm. me out. Just, just <laughs> me out. Yeah. Any, like, any like on? blood stain. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's like, it cre- there's this one photo where, uh, this is a side story, but this is this one photo where it's like a little boy. And then there's like he's there's glass behind him, but there's like a handprint. Whoa. Yeah, and then but it's like he has the sunken eyes, and he's just kind of standing there, and there's like a hand. I think there's three, and they're like pressed against the glass, and that creeps me out because like <laughs> where's that hand coming from? Like where? Why are you standing here in front of the, like the, just the whole idea? But uh, yeah, that yeah, I mean, because you want to know. Children in general <laughs> are just are just scary, but if I don't know if how, like how deep you go into like the whole ghosts and aspect of anything but like there, oh, there was a period of time where I, I, my thirst for being scared wasn't satiated with movies mm-hmm. so i went into like watching like ghost hunting shows and stuff like that oh. and a lot of the, the the i don't say myths but stuff that they believe in that community is that generally a demon would come back as a child Oh gosh, it's so creepy. (laughs) Because like we it plays to our sense of like innocence. Right. Like if we hear like a little 
boy or a girl laughing. Oh my god! And then like, what's going on over there? But most likely, it's like a demon trying to play a trick on us. Oh my gosh! Like I was, I was watching SCP videos, mm-hmm. which is like just short stories. And there's one where it's a, an endless staircase stairway. Yeah. And then apparently. To heaven. Oh no! It's a highway to hell. It's a highway to hell. So and apparently it's like it's a it's an organization that contains you know secure contain protect, uh-huh. and uh, this uh, this particular SCP it uses a, a child's voice. Oh it's no! Like, Help me! Hey! Oh I'm God! And, no. But the more you reach, the further it, it she's like it doesn't get any close. So it's just like help me! I'm over Jesus here! Jesus Christ! You that know? is scary. Ah! Oh, um. All right. Let's go into the big stuff. The big stuff. Bro. Matt Reeves. On Sunday, posted. <laughs> Did you say Sunday or some Sunday? <laughs> All right, cool. Just we're on the same page. Yeah, on Sunday he posted this past week. I think it must have been like Tuesday or something. Yeah. Generally, everything is released on a Tuesday, right? Tuesday and Friday. Yeah, Tuesday, Friday. Uh, he released a three-minute scene from The Batman, opening the Batman. in theaters near you, March fourth. <laughs> wow, <know>. nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> got that cha-ching. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so he posted the the funeral scene. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, we just we I seen it when it came out, and Ernie just saw it uh, before we started recording. Recording, and it's uh, somebody prominent died. You know, cop it looked like. Yeah. Uh, and the the child, the his child was there, and probably looked like it was like an old his only child. He didn't have a mom. Yeah. It didn't have like that mom figure the next time. Mm. <laughs> and Bruce Wayne is walking in with some bitch. And <laughs> apparently, this person wants uh, to get reelected. Yeah, replaced to you know elected, pitcher, reelected, or something. Yeah, yeah. pitcher. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic uh, uh, backdrop for business talk. Right. Uh, <laughs> and you could see the camera focuses that Bruce Wayne, uh, Robert Pattinson, is focused on the little boy. Yeah. Uh, and then you know we hear in the background Jim, Jim. Played, played by uh, Jeffrey Wright, talking to the chief that. So and so is missing. Yeah, and then uh, you hear like a bunch of bullets in the in the back in the outside of a church where the funeral is being held, and then all of a sudden an SUV just comes up, and we see it in the trailer, and the SUV with the rolls up and crashes into the the altar. Yeah, and it was funny though because like <laughs> as as all this is happening, Bruce Wayne is looking at the kid. He looks back to the car and runs and tackles the the kid out of safety, but. Yeah. You could clearly see that the SUV veers off. <laughs> <laughs> it veers off. Like good for effort. Okay. Yeah, 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 good, yeah. good job. Good but job. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the kid could have like broken his arm or anything. <laughs> he could have died. The movie would have ended. Yeah, you know? exactly. And then uh, the guy who commissioner, so not commissioner yet, but uh, yeah, the, right. all the cops. Since it's a cop funeral, so mm-hmm. there's a bunch of cops there already. Yeah, or you know somebody related to the cops. All the cops run up with guns drawn, and Jim is yelling, get out of the car, get out of the car. The person finally steps out, and we see that it's the dude that Jim's been looking for. Yeah. And he has a bomb collar and a phone duct tape to his hand. Yeah. Which, I don't know if you... There's this there's this uh, Netflix miniseries, mini documentary on this, but in the 90s, I believe... Sorry, they asked me. In the 90s, I believe, there was a bank heist where the, these people tricked this, like, low-intelligence dude into robbing a bank, and they put a bomb on him. Oh, jeez. And the bomb went off live on air. Oh, my God, no. I have not. Yeah. And seeing that kind of, like, threw me back. And, like, um, 
there was this movie, uh, like a, not necessarily a spoof, but it was, that was like a, it was a comedy movie with Jesse Eisenberg as he's Ansari and, uh, I want to say Danny McBride, but I'm mm. not. I don't exactly remember. And Jesse Eisenberg is robbing a. He's a pizza delivery dude, which was the guy in real life was a pizza delivery dude. Oh, gee. And they put a bomb on his collar. Oh. And I he see. was said to rob a bank in 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Which oh, or, was or, or, or less. 30 minutes or less. Or, which, which was what the movie was called. Or pizza three. <laughs> and it was like the big, a big, sh- not necessarily a big shit, but it was a lawsuit because of the family of the guy. Like, hey, this happened it's, to it's us. It's a little yeah. too close, right? right. Not too close, exactly. I mean, no, exactly. Yeah, right. and there's a there's a, a documentary series on uh, a Netflix called Evil Genius, I believe. Mm-hmm. Let me just Google it. And it revolves around, wow. How yeah. old, when was this? What year was this? What was the one that event actually happened? Evil Genius. Uh, series of Berlin Minds to change the shit. No, just hold on. Uh, guy, I want to <laughs> say it was in the nineties. Nineties with nine ten. Yes, it's collar. not. Yeah, why? I, Brian Wells was the dude's name. Bomb collar or pizza bomber shown on live television. Um, oh jeez. Yeah, it's fucked up. Cause it's like he's he's he. It's two thousand three. Oh wow. He's um. The, the cops are like have him surrounded, but like they have a perimeter set up because like they have a bomb. Yeah. And like the dude is out of desperation. is like, hey, I have to go, or else this is gonna go off. And then he's just sitting there, and then all of a sudden, just. Oh shit. Yeah, it's fucked up. Um. So that that scene where the guy walks out with uh with uh, the the truck of the SUV with the bomb collar. I'm yeah. Like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, you think that's a little. Iffy. <laughs> yeah, because like it's not like something we haven't seen before. Right. And then uh, everybody's like, hey, he's got a bomb. The the phone he had, the guy, well, this is back to the, the, the <laughs> Matt Reeves, the, the three-minute the three uh, Batman scene. Um, the phone rings that he has taped to his hand, and everyone's like, let's get everybody out of here. And then that's how it ends. Yeah. But in between that, we get to see the halo. What's it? Is that the word? Right? The silhouette. Oh, okay. Of Paul oh, Dano. Right, right, yeah. As the Riddler. Bit, yeah. yeah, you can see the glasses, the hair, but you don't really get to see, like, any much more detail than that. Yeah, and it's obvious he knows who Bruce Wayne yeah. is. Yeah, and he has the an envelope taped to his, to his chest that says, to the Batman, in real yeah. fucked up writing. Yeah, yeah. Like a third grader wrote it. <laughs> like, I wrote it probably. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I love... I, I'm so like I don't want to be all like all all in you know yeah. but it it feels different already compared to you know like the Nolan stuff mm-hmm. like, it just it's it's shot very intimately yeah like, it's very in the crowd yeah and even when it does wide shots it's just for to show the scene and then goes back in yeah like, I, I I love that aspect I love seeing Bruce Wayne not being this you know philanthropist just someone who's still kind of mourning. Yeah, and we we kind of commented this a, a little bit when we were watching it, that he looks fucked up. Yeah. Like, he looks not necessarily, like, well put together or anything like that, but he's, like, sunken. His his cheekbones are a little sunken in, and, uh, like, he's haggard. But yeah. not, but he, this is supposed to be, like, a year two Batman. Yeah. So, let me show no, you. He, he doesn't, yeah. The picture, pictures of that guy. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, um, it, it looks very intimate, like you say. Yeah. Yeah, which is I'm I'm all for it, and, and it's it's true because now you think why does he look like that? Oh, it's because he's been crime fighting all night, right? And that's yeah. where he gets his jollies. But uh, yeah, I, it's it's something. Even the scene is so populated, and I love those scenes where they they have to coordinate how many people are there, how many extras are there. But it feels so like humongous without it being too overwhelming. 
Yeah, you could tell that the the church that they're filming in is like clearly a sound studio. Yeah, but <laughs> it, when it, <laughs> it veers off. Right? Yeah. yeah, but it's very the grandeur. Yeah, like it it's, it looks like the, this Batman is going to be a, a a good blend of the real world, like the Nolan one, or and the um, like a soundstage of like the Schumacher, the or, Schumacher stuff, like uh, the comic booky. Yeah, right. Or fuck. Uh, Shit, the director. <laughs> Blanking on his name. He did the original Batman, 1989 Batman. Tim Burton. Oh, but then Tim Burton. <laughs> that was a roller coaster. <laughs> but yeah, even the, even not even this trailer, the trailer before where they showed the little, uh, the little diner in that alleyway. Yeah. Right? Like, even it's very... Which is odd placement for a diner, right? Right? <laughs> right? It's like, why and how? But it's it's very intimate and it's very claustrophobic. And that's what I like about Gotham City. Mm. That's very closely knit. Like, not to smash on Nolan stuff. But Nolan felt like what a combination of, like, San Francisco and New York. And, you know, a combination of cities. But this one felt very its own. Yeah. Like, I... The, the rooftop scene from... Um, Justice League, when Batman is fighting the Parademon, mm-hmm. that really felt like like Gotham. Yeah, like Gotham was built on top of on top of it, like yeah, and on top how appropriate, of each other. Exactly. right? How appropriate yeah. it's built on the corpses of the other people who came before him, right? And so yeah, it's, yeah, and like all props to Nolan for bringing the essentially bringing the superhero movie into the real world, mm-hmm. but Gotham, like his his usage of Gotham and stuff like that, it just felt like a normal city. Yeah, they didn't feel congested. They yeah. didn't feel like in the Joker. The end scene where it, like all the people were writing and stuff like that. Right. That kind of feels more like like um, like Gotham. Yeah. And then in the the Justice League, very much so. Yeah. Like, on top of each other, the the water towers and stuff like that. And this one also feels like it's gonna play to that. Yeah, especially with and I know it's a funeral and I've been to my share of funerals, but it's yeah. very very tightly knit. There's so it's like we're used to this, you know, like yeah. we're very close in proximity to each other. It's very congested looking. This is every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if you weren't already excited enough for that movie, I, I hate you for showing it to me because it's like it's our job. No, I know it's my job. <laughs> but now you teed, you gave me the first hit. Now I have to like sit there with the shakes, all the waiting shakes. for. Well, we're March. only what four weeks away now. <sighs> yeah. I don't. I don't think there's gonna be any more. No. I think that's um, the final, right? Could the be. final. Well, the footage. final trailer came out last year. Last year, right. And then this is just a, this was the director posted. Just this. a caveat. Yeah, like a little check out. Check <laughs> this out. <laughs> the Batman. Let's see. 2000. Yeah, March 4th, 2022. So. <laughs> okay, it's not too April. Plus, February is a short month. That's true. So we're days away. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited for the Batmobile. Yeah, I, I'm the very, muscle car Batmobile. Yeah, I'm very excited to see uh, the Penguin, and it's just like I got you, and it just <laughs> fires through. <laughs> yeah, um, it's fuck. I completely lost my train of thought. No, no. Uh, what did you think? Oh no, no, no. So mm-hmm. we have a mutual friend who I'll tell you who it is later. He's not really like on board. Mm-hmm. And then he sent me uh, the poster. He's like, when will they stop? I got the text. And I just responded, why should they? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's very, that's very Riddler of you. <laughs> just asked her a question with a question. <laughs> why? So, do you... Th- okay, so mm. there's there's been... I, no, because I think Spider-Man still has been more movies, right? There's been three Batmans and then three Nolans and then this one. 
because Justice League and Batman vs Superman doesn't really. Yeah. There's the character was in it, but was it a Batman? No. Film? Well, it's supposed to be a Man of Steel film. And Supposedly, then they, then they put Batman. Yeah. In. <laughs> um, so there's only been seven yeah. Batman movies with this, yeah, give or take. And the quality of the last four have been a, a, a notch above the last. To say, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, Batman Begins, the Nolan's first one. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a notch better. Than, uh, not not just the one single notch, but like several notches b- better than the Joel Schumacher ones. Right. Uh, and then the Dark Knight kind right. of upped this game. The Dark Knight Rises yeah, was a little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, all right. So the quality, but it's still a good quality movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, granted, it's Nolan. He comes mm-hmm. from a pedigree that has to, or he gets hit with like a ruler or yeah. something like that. <laughs> so it has, it'll look beautiful. Yeah. Granted, it yeah. has to. It's in his blood. Yeah. So, seeing that there there is a, every few years there's a new Batman movie, is as long as the quality is is great, do you think there's going to be a fatigue, or is Batman oh. just the character that and whatever anything anything goes? No, no. I especially with Batman. Mm-hmm. Batman is something not only generational, like your mom's mom knows who Batman is, yeah. but also. Batman is a, is is a pillar with not just DC but comics in general. Like each or time, pop culture or pop culture exactly. So each time, well, I say comics because each time Batman comes up, it always tops the charts. Yeah, right. Not a lot. Not a lot of comics like Wonder Woman or or Man of Steel like hit like the top ten or something like that. But when it's Batman, it's it always hits the top or maybe the second, and that's like only for Spider Man. So it's it's one of those characters or properties that is also. A pop culture but also something that is it's just you know him from the insignia yeah right? you see the insignia you think batman right so i, I don't think it, he would have fatigue because right now we don't we haven't seen a year two batman at all yes i think yeah that's that's so true what you're saying and there's different iterations of batman that you could you could borrow from mm-hmm. you, you can know? have beyond right the thing they might be working on yeah beyond you you can have uh, you haven't seen the court of owls yet you no. haven't seen Death in the Family yet, right? You haven't seen Nightfall yet. We saw Injustice, Batman. Yeah, we which saw it. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. So we saw Injustice. He, even Kingdom Come. We've seen we've seen Kingdom Come, Batman. We've seen he, the guy who voiced him, even mm-hmm. came back to play that role, a Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Right. So Batman is so within our generation, not just ours, but multiple generations. I don't think it would be there. Wouldn't be a. Uh, a uh, what is it? A uh, fatigue, and just because they always use, whereas, especially when it comes to superhero films, right? They always use the western mm. as as a equivalent, but it's not really the same thing because westerns look the same. Right? Yeah. You can watch all the westerns in one big compilation; you wouldn't tell which yeah. movies which. But what made superhero movies different is that Captain America is vastly different than Thor yeah. and Ant Man. And Black Widow, right? And Captain Marvel. But when you see Batman, there can be different iterations of Batman. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, and I think that the, the character is so much, so well, like, compelling enough to be able to withstand, like, a couple of hits. Like, the Schumachers, where it kind of, it took the campiness and just ramped it up to the max. Right. But then you take the seriousness of the Nolan one, and then that's, I feel like that's where it's going to stay for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever going to watch, see another campy Batman movie. No, until it's more established. 
Right. Granted, the one in Flashpoint might be arguably a little bit more campy just because he comes from that yeah. era. But even when you look at the old Batman films, they try to do what the comic book did. Right. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make a comic book movie and have fun with it. Yeah. And then you see Nolan. Nolan took the comic movie and made it serious because yeah. that's what the kind the real, of style. Real world Batman. Exactly. So Batman is, is, is multifaceted. I would love to see the day where Batman is more of the sympathetic character we've seen in the animated series. Yeah. Right. I would love to see a Batman where he's brutal we're like the one we saw in uh, Batman v Superman but <laughs> yeah. right? not just the sequence the whole movie the whole movie is just <laughs> breaking people yeah I would, I would love to see it and I don't I don't think ba- Batman is multifaceted enough especially when it comes to his rogues game mm-hmm. like we, <laughs> we saw him with Nolan with the Joker but imagine a film where it's just them two rather than him chasing it like something out of uh, not so killing joke but along the veins of the Joker or mm-hmm. something a little, it tackles something a little bit more profound than that, which I hate. Like a real world Joker versus a real world Batman. Exactly, and that there will always be a Batman, there will always be a Joker because they are like the weather. Yeah. There always has to be so, something like that. And I think he, he's even ground, even Iron Man. I mean, Iron Man is not is not to the degree of Batman, but he's so relatable because he's a he's very human, and so is Batman. Yeah, it's just um, why don't you think there that's ever going to be with like Superman? he's more of an ideal yeah he's more he's the personification of hope and liberty and uh, the American way hope hope (laughs) it's on his chest the later years and the later years (laughs) but he's he's what humanity would strive for yeah right but Batman is what we've got (laughs) (laughs) it's who we are it's who we are and it's what we live with yeah and and then we despite our differences we can be something more than what we are made to be yeah. Hence his no kill rule, roughly. Roughly, no right? Kill his rule. roughly no depending kill rule. Depending on who you ask. But, but for Superman, it's it's so much you can do to make what is essentially a god relatable to a human. Yeah. Right. Other than you know killing the people around him, but you can do that only so much until it becomes a little more overplayed out. Yeah, I, I get the feeling that because um, essentially Superman is Jesus or God, like what. That what script uh, for a movie can you write that translates well from a comic book? You know, we have like Death of Superman. We saw that in Batman vs Superman, but Death of Superman on its own could have been its own movie. It, it, not even just its own movie; it could have been its uh, infinity it's trilogy. War. Its own trilogy. It, yeah, it could have been something that would you would t- you would top it with. Yeah, right? because Death of Superman was an accumulation of the prior Superman books mm-hmm. uh, comics right it, uh, like you had decades or at least the years of superman being active and then i don't know where the death mm-hmm. same with a uh, death in the family yeah right you didn't feel as though there was much death in a, in a batman film batman comic until robin gets killed with a with a uh with <laughs> a crowbar to death with a crowbar right so there's that injection of realism but when it comes to superman that injection of realism would would either, you can even have him as his like say for example his his early golden era right mm-hmm. Superman he dies he comes back he looks at life differently now he's more brutal he's more oh. oppressive right he's leaning towards Kingdom Come Superman the next trilogy of movies he's Kingdom Come Superman yeah right and it's something that you can't you have to let it marinate not just make it a plot point at the end so yeah that's that's one hundred percent true it's like the the thing with Batman, how it's so relatable, is because it, it is not a god from an outer space, you know, yeah. like Superman is. Um, and I feel like because he's had this this code of truth, justice in the American way for so long, it kind of just 
shackles him where he can't go all out. Like I, I was watching a clip from I think it was Justice Justice League Unlimited when they mm -hmm. were fighting Darkseid, mm -hmm. and um, Darkseid has the upper hand. He's beating up Batman, and all of a sudden Superman punches Darkseid through a building. And then Superman, as he's walking up to Darkseid, is like, "All my life I've been afraid." To use all to go all out, go <laughs> kill somebody, but like you, you can take it. <laughs> I think, I think that that's like whoa, like yeah. that, that that turn. He's even I don't know if you've seen it, but he fights a, I think a dude named like he's a British dude. I forget the name of the comic, <laughs> but he like he he basically made Superman's life a living hell. Yeah, and he basically lobotomizes him. Oof. Right, so he like look like you think just because I'm like I'm holding back, I won't do things to you, and he looks at him. And the dude like just collapses. And he's like, "What did you do to me? Like, I took away your powers. Like, how did you do that?" And apparently, he he heat visioned it so precise through his eye into his brain. Yeah. And he, he removed the part that had his powers. And it's like, well, <laughs> it's something that you wouldn't see Superman, but you don't just have a turn. You have to lead up to him. Yeah. There has to be the, the like you said that point where he decides to, if not go all out, but like use some more of his power. Yeah. Like, the, the fight scene in The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, The Dark Knight Returns, where Batman knows that he's got no chance. Yeah. So he uses the elements in his favor. He uses but, human human yeah. technology against his, an his alien. His intelligence. <laughs> intelligence <laughs> against right? them. And that, like, I feel like that's why I've always, like, for me, Batman has been my favorite character. Because, like, in the world, in the pantheon of gods, the one person... Who's been able not only to earn the respect but to earn their fear? Earn their fear. I mean, we is, all know he got kicked out of the Justice League because he had his list of. Well, not not kicked out. But he I thought he that he walked got out. Kicked, I thought he kicked them out because he had a list. They were of giving them, They were giving him the option. Oh. And he's all like, he's like, you can't be truthful. And then he's all like, he says something to the kid of like, if like what I did, I would I would have done it regardless. And if you guys don't do have something for me, then you guys are fools. And he just got up and walked. Out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, granted, uh, it's I, I don't know the future. Maybe yeah. at some point in a decade or so that there will be some sort of a, a superhero fatigue. Oh, well, Batman fatigue. Yeah. But if the character is you know, referenced, not referenced, but remixed enough, yeah, or something that is they tackle issues like the Joker film. Maybe maybe something along those lines with the Batman. Imagine that with him suffering from the you know mourning still. And seeing the anger rather than a year two, let's have a year one where he's tearing people apart, and Alfred is like getting pissed off at him. Yeah, but I feel like year one and year two, it's it's, it's it's yeah, yeah, they're too close it, in proximity. But I'm saying there's year different one, avenues. year five, year ten, year ten, even a veteran, right? Yeah. Even retired, you know, he's a, a death in the family. I mean, I would love to see death in the family, and then see a death in the family, a battle for the cow. Yeah, I would love to see the bat family, like him showing up, and then he, and then the middle of the movie he dies, and then you have Robin. And a Red Hood and a Batgirl and then Az Azrael. <laughs> Azrael. Azrael, you know, taking up the mantle, Azrael, yeah. right? And he's killing people. And, yeah. yeah. Like, there's so much to, to borrow for. And, like, there's always going to be that subset of, of fans that are, are going to be pissed that it doesn't stick truly enough to the comics. But I feel like as long as the elements are there, it, it should be fantastic. Yeah, I mean... Uh, and the right person does it. They get the right people like that. You know? Right, exactly. With uh, commissioner and the commissioner, detective Gordon. Detective Gordon. <laughs> I, yeah, well, come so... on, this, the commissioner. Yeah, he's gonna be. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, as long as he he's, he focuses that character, right? yeah. that character, he's he's justice to a fault. Right? Yeah. A sense of his sense of morality and a sense of principles 
are to a fault to the point where the only time it was broken is when his daughter was, you know, brutally attacked in front of him. Yeah. And he had to replay it again. Oh, <laughs> right. God. So talk, we want to talk about brutal. Yeah, right? Jesus. So you could, you, like, what if they made a live action of that, right? Killing Joke, but from the perspective I, of I, Batman. Oh. Right? So you already know what happened because you read the comic, but yeah. we've never seen Batman's perspective, or at least focused on it. I mean, it's, I think. When you get into like the more graphic novel mm-hmm. stories that, that aren't necessarily comics, but you know they're one shots and stuff like that, it, it will blur a line. Yeah. Because like Killing Joke, the Killing Joke, it's never actually like said outright, but it's pretty much implied that the Joker, Barbara Gordon, mm-hmm. and then rapes Jim Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, it's it's not very implied, but then you have the Joker. Yeah. Or he he does he does do that to another of his minions. Yeah. So not, it, not rape him, but the, the wife. Yeah. So it's like, all right. So it, these are supposed to be, you know, kid friendly movies. <laughs> <laughs> to a degree, right? To a degree. This is PG thirteen. The is, Batman yeah. is PG thirteen, right? So like thinking like, okay, if you want to sell toys, how are you going to sell toys of the Killing Joke? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, other than the statues for like adults, yeah. But you want to have. But you want you know, that Lego. You want to. <laughs> you want the Lego. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a slippery slope because mm-hmm. there are a lot of adult themes that the Batman can go into, but also there are a plethora of other ones where you don't not water them down, but have that general theme of it. Yeah. Right? Again, like Battle of the Cowl or uh, Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. Right. You have the general theme of. Which I hear that it might be in this movie. That's what I hear too. That it might plant the seeds for, you know, if a possible, you know, Robert Pattinson trilogy Batman movie that the the Court of Owls is going to be there. Because essentially like when Jeff Johns created it, it, he said it as like when Gotham was building like the the Court of Owls was there as well. Right. There were the... Wasn't his dad as well? The partner. Partner? I think so, but I'm not entirely sure. I know he was he was adjacent to it. Yeah. But yeah, I would love to see Court of Owls. I would love to see him go uh, undercover, die, mm-hmm. all right, you know, or something like that. And he has to go undercover. So the sky's the limit when it comes to Batman. And I don't think. Unfortunately, it's, it's not for. Ironically, it's not for Superman. Yeah, right? it's yeah, it's right. It's the guy that could fly. Yeah, it's. But then again, I'm not like I don't. I can't tell the future. Yeah. As as I can it, tell. All right. So let me ask you this. Now that here we get into the, the realm of what ifs and type of shit. <laughs> if, if they came to you and said, Ernie, we like the Batman, but we want you to, to write and, and produce your own Batman story. What would you model it out? My own Batman story? Yeah. Uh, Nightfall. Nightfall? Nightfall. Yeah. Nightfall is something that, and I would have a proper comic being and have, oh, yeah. have a proper and. You know, not not something that is in the, the just um, you know the back snapping scene. A, a proper like a good punch in the back will fix it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, some sort of a couple of sessions at a chiropractor. chiropractor. You're good to go. Like in the desert, in the middle of like a wall yeah. things. But yeah, no. use these crystals. <laughs> Take one twice a day. But yeah, I would I would have loved to have a Batman who is who's very up there. Yeah, right? you know he, he's captured everyone. He's he's you know the talk of the town. And then here comes Bane, someone that you expect him to just be a brute, but he's a tactician. Yeah. Right? So he like breaks everyone out of Arkham, and now his rogues gallery is just all over the place. Now Batman has to worry about that, but not only we have Batman getting, you know, not 
getting a little bit more humbled. Yeah. But you also have Bane who is trying to trying to be this he's trying to hold on to his humanity. Yeah. Because he's losing it because of the venom. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's be slowly becoming the, the odd job that we've seen. But at the beginning he was probably this technician who maybe he loved his family and stuff like that. But now the only thing he remembers from them is a teddy bear and he doesn't know why but it has this resemblance like i would love to see that in a batman film. yeah i mean it's just it adds like a you would imagine like essentially like a lucha libre wrestler <laughs> <laughs> and it gives him so much more complexity yeah yeah i mean it's you see in the game when you play the arkham games he's just sitting there with a teddy bear and you don't know why and he doesn't know why but the, it's the rem it's his his not soul, mm-hmm. but his personality has been washed away by the... His, his seeking for power has literally overridden who he has been. Yeah. Now he has this resemblance of his past, and he doesn't know why, but he cares for it. So seeing that from the beginning, and seeing Batman with him along that journey of being humbled, like it, I would love to see that, that, that aspect of it. Yeah, that's, that does seem like, like... They touched a little bit on it on The Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't really like the what the the Nightfall storyline was because yeah. like Batman was out. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, like, he he did he did the thing that nobody was able to do and was broke the bat. Broke the bat yeah. Right. <laughs> I would do a movie focusing more on the relationship with Talia. Oh yeah. Okay. Then, so okay. Before you start, would that be during his training or was it being during his tenure as Batman and he Talia shows up? Both. Both? Yeah. Like a, like a flashbacky or kind of a parallel? Well, like focus, kind of? be like three movie story arc, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Focus the first one on his training. Essentially, the Batman begins, yeah. but focus more on the court, uh, the, not the court of the Legal Shadows. The League of Shadows. And have Talia already be introduced and not by, be this secret thing <laughs> that Talia. And oh. then introduce Damien. So, oh. I could, so I could introduce the heretic. <laughs> I love that. See, I don't know. I, I understand the hate mm-hmm. when it comes to Damien Lowe. There's this little kid talking crap to my Batman. Yeah. Right? Like, but he's the kid. He's, 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 he's his, his blood. His yeah. blood. So he has merit to be a little mad at him. I mean... He, well, also, yeah, you think of the environment the kid grew up in. Being a, be the beast, I think. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he the assassin. Yeah, wasn't he like one of the most, the most prolific assassins? Yeah. Right? So growing up in the, in a in a in a environment where you know little to no love, your mom doesn't think of, of anything to you, and essentially gets sick of you and gives you to your dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, and like, even then, you're still killing people yeah. because of the, that's your training, even though you're a Robin. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that that scene, and I think it's Batman and Robin where he makes the decision to be like, I'm not going to kill anybody. Like that, his training. Uh, gets overridden by what Batman is teaching him. Mm-hmm. Like that's, oh. that's a beautiful scene. Yeah, I would love to see that. I, 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 could, I mean, you play God of War and you see Arturus. Arturus. Boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> you see him like, why? He looked at me like his name. Atreus. Atreus, yeah. Boy. 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 But uh, yeah, I would love to see that dynamic with... Damien. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that the whole uh, storyline where, you know, Damien, they have a, a cloning machine... And mm-hmm. because Batman is the perfect, essentially the perfect fighter, they try to take his DNA and to create the perfect villain. But because uh, they're still essentially like human in a way, the clones they 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 yearn for something. Yeah. And I think the heretic that storyline was like really really crazy. Yeah. Because he wants to be loved. He wants right. to know what love is. Right. Copyright. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. See, Batman works just 
so good when it comes to that that condition yeah right that human condition he's a good mouthpiece for that stuff yeah without a doubt oof man we've been going for a while oh, batman <laughs> but but the but the but the, 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 but the batman the, the film plane. yeah is i'm i'm, I'm excited i'm excited it's i'm like, sure people are going to be mad but let them be mad fuck them like <laughs> Like there's, it's a simple, it's a simple formula. If if you're angry that they're making more Batman movies, you're angry that you know they cast Robert Pattinson. You're angry that whatever for whatever amount of reasons, the the the, the formula is simple. Just don't watch it. Yeah, speak with your wallet. Exactly. Just don't watch it, yeah. and, and and don't ever watch it. <laughs> like that's the thing that I hate. It was like people say, oh, this is gonna be terrible, or this is gonna be that, or I hated this and I hated that. Then why'd you watch it? Yeah. Not only why'd you watch it, why'd you watch it multiple times? Well, well, yeah, I, I never understood that until I got a little older. I know it's like, oh my gosh, you just got it now. But when I was a kid, it, it was this, that those rose-colored glasses about mm-hmm. being part of a fandom. There's yeah. always a, this, this uh, comic tribalism. Like, you know, Mary Jane has to be white and red hair. Remember that? We were, mm-hmm. we were in, I was like yelling at the top of my lungs that Mary Jane has to be white, has to have a red head. Granted, you know, I know... I feel like more she has to have the red head over being Right. But, but my, my point is that it's this, it's something that... It's just a character yeah. that can easily be changed as long as they have the, the essence of who they are. Then mm-hmm. it's, it's fine with... Uh, even with Jim Gordon. Like even Jim Gordon and Catwoman, like I, I'm sure there's there's some sort of minority backlash to it. But because Jeffrey Wright and Zoe Kravitz are not white. Yeah, are not white. Yeah. Right. So, but if they have the character down and who they are in essence, then see, even even when we're watching the the, the, the three minute scene, you're like, eh, on Jeffrey Wright. But then when he actually started talking, you're like, yeah, I love him. Yeah. Well, it's because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was more of his voice because I want to hear how he how jim is yeah right but for it was the scene was he was whispering mm-hmm. so then granted well not necessarily whispering but like talking at a, in low a very low yeah. right it was very raspy i was like oh why does he sound like that but when the car busts in he's like get out get out of the way and like put your hands up I'm like oh jim you're here yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean i'm like you said as long as the the essence of the character or what makes that character is there then who cares? Like, I, di- I didn't like uh, What's Her Face as MJ because mm-hmm. to me, the essence of the M- Mary Jane wasn't there. And yeah, yeah she, technically, yeah. she's not Mary Jane. She's, a, she's Michelle Jones. Whatever. <laughs> but. Um, no, I get you. She's yeah. her. Mary Jane is very, uh, the girl next door, poppy yeah, kind of. Yeah, bubbly, right. She's a downer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um. We pretty much covered everything. You want to talk about Book of Boba Fett? We'll do that maybe next week. Next week? Next, yeah. All right. Uh, let's finish on these robot <laughs> robot dogs. Robot dogs. So from what I could gather from what it says, it's, it's not Boston Dynamics. It's a company adjacent to it, the competitor. And they're developing uh, these essential robot dog companions for, I think, one of the Border Patrol um, companies not companies agencies, agencies yeah. yeah so essentially they're gonna accompany them and I don't know what they're gonna do but apparently they'll dun, be dun, able to dun, uh, dun, <laughs> be mobile dun, surveillance dun, 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 dun. ah man this is this is terrifying on so many different levels you know like me being of Mexican descent 
my parents crossed the border walking mm. back in the, the 70s and 80s. Um, and this is obviously has, you know, like deep undertones of racism mm-hmm. because it's not like they're putting the, 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 these border patrol dogs up in Canada, right. you know, <laughs> in the, up in the Canadian border. But at the same time, like depending on how the usage is, yeah, I feel like it could be a, a great advantage because, like, not to say that that you know there's people coming over, but to ignore the fact that there are a lot of bad people coming. Yeah, and to be able to 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 have a leg up in in fighting combating that, I'm I'll be all for it. But unfortunately, you know, given in today's political climate, it's not going to go. Just it's not going to be like, hey, let's use this for good. It's going to be like, hey, let's use this to push our agenda. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's something that I. I'm not of that descent. You're our cousins. But I'm a, I'm a distant uh, right Eastern, Eastern cousin from, from the Far East. From the Orient. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I can just see this as something that is oppressive. Very much in so. In terms of, you know, you, you come, it's very dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you, you already have the system where it just doesn't discriminate anymore. It just does a broad brush and all of the people coming from that part of, you know, Mexico and stuff yeah. like that. But also now you have, you assign it to drones, essentially. Yeah. Right? You take out, there's even one I've read in the, in the article, the Verge article, there's like a sentry duty. Oh my God. Or essentially this dog patrol. So now imagine like legions of these things just patrolling the border for some odd reason, looking for like, I guess, uh, the undesirables. I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like I feel like obviously there's a there's a lot of issues uh, in not not just this country, but like in Mexico and countries in Central America, countries in South America, countries in the Caribbean that use Mexico as a gateway to to come into this country. Yeah. But I feel like maybe we should focus on why they want to come. Yeah. Not rather than trying to stop them. You know, like there's gang violence uh, in Central America that people leave their homes and seek asylum here as a refugee. Yeah. Why? Why are they doing this? Because of the gang violence. So what can we do to help them combat that? What right. can we do to help combat the the narco wars in Mexico? Yeah. You know, rather than being like, hey, you guys can't come. Why can't? Why not focus? Spend all this money and focus on making it so that they don't have to. Yeah. Which unfortunately nobody's ever going to look at it like that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's sad because it's yeah. the a long way is a long way to just educate, you mm-hmm. know, just change people's views in terms of giving them the context rather than saying oh we need these drones to protect our borders why do we need who or who is it really protecting or who is it really oppressing yeah but in the sake of security and i mean granted they look weird as heck but they're just like these square things with legs (laughs) but yeah yeah, it's it's something that even when it comes to a facial recognition it could be all for the sake of security but for whose security yeah and who determines what what that security is exactly like we we look at china how they use facial recognition and ai softwares and technology to keep their people oppressed yeah and uh it's it's very scary knowing that in one way or another the beginning of that's going to be implemented here yeah or it's being considered yeah or or it is now or something yeah even in even it's not something that's just relegated to those eastern countries too i mean there's first world countries like england which is essentially a, a police state. Is a yeah. basically a police state. I mean, you go to the corner and you see CCTVs just pointing every which way direction. Yeah, it's very like um, uh, V for Vendetta. You yeah, know, they, they gave up their 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 freedoms for a little bit of security. Yeah, 
and well, they give yeah, they give up their freedoms for security, and like I always go back to that to that George uh, Benjamin Franklin quote: "Those who are willing to give up freedom for security deserve neither freedom nor security." Yeah, and it seems like we, well, why are we not teaching this? You know, it's something that is, <laughs> history has told us where it goes, and yeah. whatever your persuasion on the political aisle, you've seen the extremes of the left, you've seen the extremes of the right, you've probably seen the right more than the left. I don't, I don't want to say you've seen it more, but but it's been focused on more. Yeah, because like, like you want to talk like everything horrible that's that's attributed to Hitler is. 100 percent legit you know genocidal maniac and stuff like that but you look at stalin yeah who arguably killed more people isn't before hitler went into the power yeah before <laughs> before hitler went into yeah. power isn't necessarily as there are some schools that be like yeah he, this dude's evil but yeah. it, he isn't as uh de- demified yeah damn demon demified yeah is that a word yeah that's yeah demified yeah. to the point to where like hitler is like because yeah. during world war ii we talked about this in, in the hot takes last last show yeah. where there's a clear line between good and evil yeah you know and yeah i 100 agree you know what well, what he was doing is horrible beyond words but you know stalin essentially starved ukraine to the brink of extinction yeah yeah it's <laughs> you know to the point where they were eating their children they, yeah they erected billboards saying don't eat your children Oh, jeez. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, that. I see. I don't even remember that. Not not the eating tournament part, but the atrocities from the others, which we definitely need to have in our systems. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Like, we should focus on the the extremes of the left as much as the extremes on the right. Yeah, because it it ends up becoming this tribalism. Again, mm -hmm. again, it becomes like us versus them. Like, why you don't understand where we come from? Because we haven't been told (laughs) where the perspective that they're coming from. Yeah, and what's crazy is that in today's political climate, because we we had such a polarizing former president and one that latched on to the ideals of the right so wholeheartedly that... I think I feel like the, the the extremists on the left, you know, kind of became bold, emboldened in their in their um, in their outcry for for essentially change, but yeah. change in what way? Yeah, like, that's always the question, yeah. right? That's always change under change, who? but who? Yeah, who, what who is dictates change, the right? change? So who? Yeah, so it's like it's crazy, like it's, especially now and where we're having uh, these tech giants deciding on on a whim who gets centered or not. Yeah, which you know the the the. the the answer for you know bad speech isn't isn't censorship. It's better speech. Yeah. But that's not being taught. Yeah. That's not being taught in in today's political climate. It's not being embraced. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, yeah. It's which which is one of the good things I liked when I went to union because yeah. when I when I before I went to union I was a little bit more conservative. Yeah. Right? You know I was very to the right. But I feel, and uni is a little to the, you know, they go towards the left. Yeah, it's the indoctrination. <laughs> <laughs> but so I feel like I'm a little evened out. <laughs> so yeah. Little, well, you got to look at it in, in both ways and make up your, your dis- make up, does it make the decisions as well as informed as you can possibly get. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, we, we, we always fall back to the Hitler of the right. And of course, yeah, terribleness. But you look at... Not just not just Stalin, but like look at all the other dictators who rose with this facade of let's make everything equal for everybody yeah. else. I mean North Korea. North Korea. I mean you look at that; it's still. I mean, gr- granted, the CCP is still a communist power, mm-hmm. but they have inklings of capitalist uh, economies. Yeah, well, they use the the benefits of both right. to their to their to <laughs> right. their to their benefit. Yeah, but it leans more of 
who gets those bits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's the thing where it's, like, it's not the ideology, like, that's at fault. Because, like, on paper, socialism, communism, yeah, it makes it makes sense. But the, the issue is that the people yeah. who enact these these ideologies always end up getting corrupt and always end up, end up you know, a genocide or like millions millions upon millions if not hundreds of million pe- of millions of people have to die for for that ideology to be to become alive yeah but under one person's view right, right. yeah it's uh at least we'll have our neural links yeah and we'll hook so we, we gotta, we'll we, be so we gotta get some guns we'll man. be hooked up to the meta <laughs> that is crazy did you hear i, just, I was i was uh, reading on an article an article earlier this morning that um facebook it was written in the very sense of like boohoo Facebook <laughs> because um, Apple introduced a, a software update that kind of prevents like it's very privacy uh, focused. So it, it, it kind of asks you, it alerts you when there's a third party app that's trying to get into your information mm-hmm. to like your browser history, your, your personal info, stuff like that. And it lets you know, hey, do you want this to, hap- to happen? Or you, could, you could allow it or you could turn it off. Yeah, and because of that, Facebook has taken a hit because they they can't necessarily target your the audience. Anymore. Right. And the article was written. It was like, oh my boohoo! Like they've lost so much money and stuff like this. Like, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> like, when did we get to the point where we're defending these corporations, these conglomerates that they seemingly have our well-being enhanced? The bottom line. Yeah, that it, it's crazy. Like. In the past couple of years, with the the George Floyd riots and the Me Too, the Me Too movement to some extent, but the Black Lives Matter movement stuff like that, where you have like Nike being like, "Yeah, Black Lives Matter." Yeah. <laughs> Me right. Too. It's, it's like, all right. And it's funny. It was like late last year, I was reading articles of, of this Hungarian uh, basketball NBA player that um, started giving the Nike and and LeBron shit. Because they're like, oh, you're so um, pro-human rights, but your shoes are being literally built by slave labor. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the one video, like, like LeBron, how does it feel to suck Chinese? And like, it's like, what? Yeah. So it's it's all about it's all about greed, and and greed goes both ways. It's not necessarily a a, a capitalist uh, invention, because you know, look at you look at look at North Korea. Yeah, I mean, they don't have any money, but they they're still greedy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. So it's always it's always good to end this episode <laughs> Wait, on, a lesson, on a history lesson. <laughs> I was gonna say like, yeah, that felt great. Yeah, we talked about Batman, and we talked about genocidal leaders. So, <laughs> so we're good. We covered all our bases, all of our interests. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's our show for this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Substack. Yeah, so I've been at, your host. At at, oh yeah, at <laughs> sorry, it's because we. It's been a it's been a long day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at pop salsa underscore HQ or right pop, yeah, pop salsa. salsa underscore HQ at on Twitter and Substack. Uh, I've been your host like always, Joel, accompanied by my good friend Ernesto. Yes, hello. Hello, hello. hello. goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For show updates, follow us on Substack and Twitter. Links are in the description. You can find new episodes weekly on whichever podcast platform you swore allegiance to.